on TV, online, and on demand in MP4 format encoded at 48,000 Hz, this is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. That I am. And I finally just took out an old note from this running order because it's been saying welcome to EBT Not Live at EBT Live for about the last six weeks now. And I can't believe I haven't actually read it out loud. How have you not Ron Burgundy this I shit? I do that shit all the time. It is the 60th episode of EBT Woo-hoo! Not Live in dog years. That's 420. <laughs> 420, dude. Coming up on today's show, we are recapping the WCOOP main event. Someone ran like God over the weekend, and we are going to take you to church. Hey. I have no idea what that means. I just thought it sounded kind of cool. Okay, whatever. It's fine. It's just, I've done 60 of these, okay? <laughs> we'll also be having a goddess on the show as we will be joined by guest Selena Lynn. And Selena is a really good sport. What I love about her is that she is not afraid to look dumb. Oh, yeah, because you've done uh, Twitch streams with yeah, her, right? Yeah, she's a super fun lass. Excited to have her on the show. She's a better sport than really she even should be. Uh, we're going to play a fun game with Selena. We'll get to that later in the show. We are finally winding down the podcast. New title selection, name game contest competition. Yeah, just a few <laughs> extra ones, and we're closing it off now. We kind of have to go into a room. We have to run some ideas past the suits, and we'll get back to you with what direction it's going in. I think we said September, right, was the cutoff. Well, so... this is the last show of September, yeah. so as far as I'm concerned, I'm drawing a line under it. And you guys can probably tell I am in the room with James Hardigan. I am back in the UK for a hot minute, which means I'm sure I've got some fun stories about the flight. And I do. Coming up on the show, Matt Broughton came to one of my stand-up shows. That happened last night. And speaking of stand-up, uh, Superfan versus Stapes is a dude named Robert, a.k.a. Based Turkey, who has come to several of my stand-up shows in L.A. He will be on later in the show. Do you want to get some of these suggestions then? Let's do it. What do we got? Uh, Tony Turner Alvarez, of course. Back at it again. Damn, Well, she Tony. just wants to point out that poker in the ear implies a podcast with humor, whereas poker in your ears implies just poker. Okay. We'll so take a, she's defending her original suggestion. Hashtag squeamish self-promo. Yeah, she's basically pushing for ear to be singular rather than the plural, which, as far as she's concerned, is just very straightforward. I think it's a little more sexualized, too, with poker in the ear, because it's really hard to poker in the in your ears. Yeah, thanks for that one, Tony. Uh, JKAO, <laughs> suggestion for new name, Poker Waffle. Cross-promotion opportunity for live events involving waffles, because who doesn't like waffles? I definitely like waffles, but I don't like anything that needs to be explained that much. Spear says, if you're still looking, his last suggestion is the Pokestars Quip and a Chair podcast. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, John Newcomb, animals respond to the call of Pokestars pod odds. You're going to have to deal with the apostrophe issue. Okay, so John Newcomb is a big time poker fan, watches all the things we do, watches all kinds of other poker stuff. And John is a funny guy with good suggestions, but he writes things in a bizarre way a lot of the time. What he's really doing is he is just suggesting the Poker Stars Chop Pod, I believe, is the name of the show. No, Poker Stars Pod Odds. Poker Stars Pod Odds. Sorry, that's his suggestion. What he's saying is that his little joke is that if we that animals will respond to that. Right. What's the apostrophe issue? I don't know. Gareth poker, st- poker star. Oh, like maybe like the apostrophe of like it belonging to poker stars. Oh, I see. We poker don't worry stars about pod odds. No, I mean we don't ever worry about having an apostrophe. But I don't. I don't mind stars. that with the pod odds or a chop podcast, something like that. Those are all okay, decent ones. Gareth Taylor goes with poker stars championship disconnected. Uh, mm. uh, Kyle says astronomical poker championship side pod. I made three other suggestions. If you could check, please. I did, Kyle. Christopher Bean. Bean. That was the best one. Uh, Guys, I've racked my brains for ideas. Here are my suggestions. A chip and a chat poker cast. Card marks. In the bluff with James and Stapes. Do you want me to go on? Poker nits. PSCFM. Two of those I don't don't mind in the bluff. I mean, I wouldn't choose it, but it's like kind of clever. And what was the first one he said? Uh, Chip and a chat. Chip and a chat. That's kind of cute. And his last one, Railbirds. Railbirds, I feel like, has been a thing before. But, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So basically, I think we've really scraped the barrel with that game. And as I said, <laughs> we'll put some suggestions forward because there were a few that are options. And if, and I emphasize this, if any of them become the final brand name or are close to the final name that's chosen, we're going to give out some prizes. Uh, there was quite a bit of reaction to last week's show, Joe, mainly because of the Superfan versus Stapes segment of the show. First of all, let's say hello to Ray. Hi, Ray. Who- Binge listened to all 59 episodes over five weeks. What the f- actual fuck are you doing? He says, great show, but glad I've caught up because I started dreaming about you guys. We invaded his subconscious. Does this happen to you? I get, I've been meaning to ask you about this. Does this happen to you regularly? Like, I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone lately, okay? The song that plays while you're playing the game is in my head when I'm sleeping, when I wake up in the morning, it's really troubling. I wonder if other people have that same... Do you do you have things get stuck in your head I like do. that? I do, and I think in the uh, example that you just raised, I think that's actually your subconscious sending you a message that maybe you need to balance your hours a bit better and maybe not spend as much time on this one thing. Maybe. I just... It's actually genuinely concerning. Like, I lose sleep over it because I can't stop that... Like, it's, it's legit there. Uh, as I mentioned, Superfan vs. Stapes last week involved Matt Broughton's graphic description of grotesque sexual acts. Pedro says, I will never be able to eat a Klondike ice cream ever again. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Greg says, I just learned what a land shark is, and Jaws is now completely ruined for me. Megan <laughs> says, I always learn something from EPT Not Live, and today that thing was not poker-related, and I wish I could unlearn it. Michael was a fan. Easily my favourite Superfan versus Stapes. Nearly pissed myself. I think Matt could sell a CD describing sex acts. Who buys CDs anymore? And I don't finally, know the kind of people that need to learn about sex acts. Uh, and finally, Kevin Andrews says, The entire bus is staring at me because I'm pissing myself at your gross sex position game. Hashtag fun facts. I actually thought that was the, the funniest new thing we had done on the show in a long time. So thank you, Matt Broughton, for that. What's been going on in your uh, social media sphere? I kind of feel like Daniel Negreanu might have had <gasps> social media beef with me. Oh, Joe. Did you follow any of this? I was like... Nope. Well, I just woke up one morning to a tweet from Daniel saying... Well, it's directed at me, Matt Parvis, and um, Auntie Chardonnay, Sarah Herring. It says, please respect the Hall of Fame vote. By voting based on the criteria listed. Sorry. See, all right. Help me out with this, James. Please respect the Hall of Fame vote by voting based on the criteria not listed. Not ambassadorship. Okay, so, so basically... So is that because last week on the show, yeah. I said I was looking at Moneymaker, Devilfish, and, we know and that, Mortensen. We know that Daniel um, listens to this podcast from time to time. I imagine he probably listens to the Poker News podcast as well, which is why he's calling those guys right. out. And... I know that Daniel feels very strongly about the Hall of Fame. Personally, I think the whole thing's a bit of a joke. Um, Therefore, I don't necessarily think it needs to be treated with any reverence or respect. However, clearly, Daniel has very strong opinions about what the criteria are. He believes that if people are nominated as players, that you should assess them by the five-point criteria that players should be... How are we supposed to know the difference between someone who's nominated as a player and who isn't? Well, again, this is, I think, part of the problem, is you've got to make it clear who's being put forward as, what do they call them, builders, and who's being put forward as players. And that's why I think you need to have, every year, two players, and maybe one person who's made a great contribution to the game of poker. But until they fix that, how is anyone supposed to know how to vote? Right. And so, okay. So his tweet's going to say your focus is on what they did for poker. That's not a criteria for players. Only their skills matter. And then he goes on to say, if you don't feel qualified to judge them based on skill, either ask around or please don't vote. Wow. He's trying to disenfranchise you, Joe. Jeez. Now I know what it feels like. Um... So my question is this. Of the three guys I listed, right, I don't think that even Daniel could have a problem with my vote for Carlos. No. Um, Maybe Moneymaker is arguable on the skill department, but where do you think Devilfish falls in? Because this is an interesting uh, sort of debate point, is that at one point, Devilfish probably was one of the best poker players in the world and did play for the highest of stakes. I think Devilfish does tick a lot of the boxes. I think Daniel's only concern with uh, Dave Ollier is that 
are people voting with their heads or their hearts? Is it a is it a sympathy vote? Oh yeah, no, I have no sympathy whatsoever for that sure. guy. Like it's not. I think his issue is going to be with Chris Moneymaker. Okay, well I don't care in that particular respect because I cannot imagine a poker hall of fame that does not have Chris Moneymaker in it, and that's it. So. And all I would say to you know Daniel's made the point a number of times that this is meant to be about the players. Well, again, maybe he needs to talk to the organizers of the Hall of Fame about the fact that they do allow it to be a public ballot for the shortlist and then allow members of the poker media to have a lot of say as well. If it is just about the players, then restrict the nomination and voting process to the players. Because if you do make it an open forum, then I'm afraid it's very clear that the people who run the Hall of Fame think it is about the fans. Please don't vote. That's what we're trying to say. If you're not going to make the right decision, Stapes, don't vote. Don't do it. Here endeth the lesson. So how was your flight over to the United Kingdom, Joe? Well, I am on a very long trip right now, James. Don't rob me. I am uh, 42 days away from home. Yeah, you ran through it last week and you got confused yourself about where you were going and how long you were there. Yes, I can only focus on what's next. So right, right now I'm in London. I go to Amsterdam next week. Um, I saw a tweet, by the way, about the fact that you booked a restaurant in Amsterdam for your birthday and they cancelled on you? Yeah, so, and Neil Farrell actually left a really funny comment on my Facebook page. He's like, oh, they must have finally looked at the name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there's this place in Amsterdam I really like called Supper Club. I've been there, like, twice already. It's got, like, a really cool vibe. It's, like, a sexy, but it's food, and but also kind of gets you in the party mood, and you eat on, like, a bed. It's, like, one of these bed type of situations. And so my best friend from LA is flying out. We have a couple girls coming to meet us. I made on my birthday dinner for four at the supper club. And I got a call from them yesterday and they were like, oh yeah. It actually reminded me of office space. They're like, it was actually like a glitch in the system that allowed you (laughs) to make the reservation. And they've fixed the glitch. glitch. Yeah. So they're like, we're really sorry. And I was like, ah, it's my, and I hate pulling this car, but like, it is literally my birthday that day. And people are flying in specifically to go to that dinner. And so I was just like, that's really, and you know me, like, I don't really make a huge deal, but I was like, this is very inconvenient. <laughs> um, so they booked me the next night on a supper club cruise, um, which I, to me sounds less than, it sounds not quite as good as actual supper club, but also I, not being funny. I I'm under the age, you're under the age of 60 still. And yes. The cruises aren't really your right. thing. It's like sea jail. Like, remember that one Christmas party we had that was on a boat and we we're all like, I was like, can't wait to get the fuck off this boat. <laughs> yes. It's like a party that you have to wait to leave from. Yes. And so, and they said, we'll take really good care of you. And like, whenever that just usually means like a free glass of Prosecco, right? They're like, just trying to like get, so then they slow roll me though. Then they call back like 10 minutes later and I missed the call. Cause I was checking in my hotel and I called them back and I was like, Hey, so I had a missed call there. And there was the same woman. And I was like, do you maybe have good news? She's like, no, I was, I actually just called you again by accident. <laughs> So I just got fucking slow rolled by Supper Club. So oh, I, if anybody has any suggestions of a similar place where we can go and like eat and drink and it's like kind of sexy and we can stay out and party afterward, I would love to hear them. Um, my flight was fine. I sat next for once. I sat next to a really smoking hot girl. Unfortunately, her like parents were in first class or something. And so she kept getting up and down like like every 20 minutes oh, and like on an 11 hour flight that's just a lot so every time she got up i started like subtracting like half a point from her like out of 10 score so she was like a one oh so she's a minus three yeah, by, by the, the end time of the flight landed. so but i did this was really bizarre i watched a movie on the plane that i'd never heard of before called band of robbers and never, it's i haven't heard of it indie film were these guys, it's sort of a re-envisioning of um, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Huh. And I can't tell you whether I like the movie or not because this is so fucking bizarre. The guys that directed it and one of the guys who started in it used to be my production assistants when I worked at Mad TV. So it was, I was watching this movie being like, I know that guy, that guy worked for me, he was a terrible employee, that guy worked for me, he was a total fuck up. These guys were like these sort of... Um, and I'm like exaggerating a little bit. They were like these filmmakers who right. were PAing, and they were like the only guys I ever worked with who like kind of knew they were better 
them being production assistants. And they were all like occasionally popping up in commercials. So half the people I worked with on these few seasons of Mad TV who were like runners and production assistants are all in this movie. And it was just so weird. Well, it was like, and also like I'm on a flight and I woke up, like, you know what I mean? Like it was just like a very surreal. Yeah. I was like, is this real? Is this a real movie? And I thought the movie was really cute, like, but also bad at the same time. I don't know. I liked it. I can't, I don't know what I thought. I would love for some other people to watch this movie and tell me their unbiased opinion, not having known these guys like 10 years ago. I'll have to look it up because as I said, I hadn't even heard of the title. I thought it was some Band of Brothers ripoff. Um, so you landed yesterday and you had stand up straight yeah, away. Yeah, I'm never going to do that again. I was going to um, say, that seems like just, wh why would you put that burden on yourself? I actually can't say I'm never going to do it again. I will probably do it again. I just wasn't prepared for how it was going to affect me mentally. And yeah. basically, so many people came out to the show last night. This guy, Steve Fair, who I think is going to be our super fan maybe in a couple weeks. He's good friends with Matt Broughton. He came out, brought a people from his couple people from his home game. Matt was there. Um, I had a couple, I had a, a lady friend show up, uh, another, uh, this Irish fan of ours showed up, uh, a tune. Oh, he's still around. Is came he? back again. Tune came back to apologize to be like, but then still hit on my date again. I think possibly anyway, Griffin Bender was there. I mean, it was tons of folks and I just mentally wasn't there. Um, and I kind of forgot my material while I was up on stage. And so I just kind of went to whatever material I thought of. Unfortunately, I went to some really risky stuff and didn't sell it. Like didn't really sell it. So I completely bailed on one bit. I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this bit. Like it was not my best performance. And I felt really bad because those people from Essex like came out. It's like a long way from home. So it, I'm making it sound worse than it really was, but not my best performance. Luckily, we closed on a high note. I'm not going to play it on the show because uh, it's actually such a good bit. I want people to be able to come here at live. I don't sure. want to burn it on the show. But I just want to say thanks to everyone who came out. And Matt sent me a message this morning and he was like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Like, you were perfectly good. And coming from Matt, that meant a lot, actually, because like Matt's like not... Oh, Matt will troll the shit out exactly. of you every and, opportunity he has. Right, and he won't. He doesn't just give out compliments for no reason either. So I don't think he I doesn't did give as, out compliments. Full stop. Exactly. So I don't think I did as badly as I thought I did. But um, it wasn't. And also, it wasn't bad. The weird thing is, like when I, when someone says like, "Oh, hey, that wasn't my best performance." What you really think they're saying is mm. that sucked. I wasn't saying that. I was just saying it wasn't my best performance. So. Thanks to everyone who came out. I still had a good time, and I do have another show tomorrow night, so let's try to get it right that time. <laughs> Just quickly on the subject of Tuan, you might remember that he was our Harry Potter superfan from about six months ago, and I remember when he said he was going to be coming to London, I said, Tuan, you've got to check out the making of Harry Potter at Leavesden Studios, yeah. where they still have all the sets and props. So, Tuan, I want to review... Because by now, I expect you to have gone there. If you are a genuine Harry Potter fan, you need to have checked this out, and I want to hear what you thought. All right, Tuan, you've got an assignment. Assignment Potter. He's got some homework other than going to Joe Stapleton's stand-up gigs and hitting on Joe Stapleton's dates. Uh, <laughs> you want to get to the poker news? Let's do some news. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. And we start, controversially not with WQ, but with the European Poker Tour. Yeah, let's do it. That's what this show's all about, at least for another two months. Yes, before it becomes the PokerStars Championship, we've still got two events, Malta and Prague. And later on, we'll tell you how you could qualify to EPT Malta for just 10 euros. But you might remember there was a little bit of controversy at the start of the season. When we kicked off EPT 13 in Barcelona, uh, the whole Pope, Neil Johnson, announced some changes to the payout structure. And a lot of people weren't happy. And at first, we thought it was just confined to the high roller events where they didn't like the fact that there was 23% of the field being paid, for example, in the 10K that opened the festival. But actually, it seems that a lot of people didn't like two key things. Number one, that 20% was the floor. That means at least 20% yeah. get paid. Sometimes it's as much as 23 or 24%. And the other thing they didn't like is that the new min cash was effectively a refund of your buy-in. It's what we call a 1.1x return. Ugh. And that really you just won. Doesn't sound very good. Well, but the reality is that no matter how many times Neil Johnson tried to explain <laughs> it, people Johnson. weren't getting the message, which is, no, the min cash for the top 15% hasn't changed. It's still like 1.7x. But we've just added an additional 
5%, that additional 20 to 15 who are now getting something, whereas before they got nothing. Right, but that's not going to like placate the pros, I don't think, because it sort of takes away some of their muscle. Well, it wasn't time. placating anyone. And in the wake of EPT Barcelona, a few pros wrote blogs. And I do find this hilarious that people just bitch and whine and then go, yes, and for the rest of the year, I'll be going to EPT Malta, followed by UK EPT <laughs> Birmingham. And then I'll be going to the Eureka EPT Festival in Prague. They hate it so much that they're going to come to every event. But crucially, these people are influencers. And sometimes people read this and don't necessarily think about how it might impact on them as a recreational player and just think, well, if they don't like it, I don't like it. But yes, they issue a survey after Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona. isn't that why they do it? Because they want to be influencers and they want to be patted on the back and they want to be told like, yes, I'm, I'm follow what you say. Yeah. And also, look, some of the points they're making are valid. And it was very clear. And I think it's important to point out, I have not seen the full breakdown of, of player um, feedback to EPT Barcelona, but I know from the team that it was mostly positive, especially from first-timers, from sure newcomers. That's e is that uh, uh, feedback for our tour or for Burning Man? Because I feel like there's a lot of Burning Man blogs out there too right now. No, they're talking about the <laughs> survey that they send to all players. The one players. I took online no, during no, no, no. the show. No, Different no. one. There was, there was the survey for EPT Live. <laughs> yes. If you are a player, Joe, you'll never have seen this because you've never played an EPT. Oh, you have to have if played an EPT. If you register for an EPT event, they've obviously got your contact details. Right. They send you the survey. Got How it. was your experience of attending the festival? Everyone gets it. I'm sure not everyone returns it. But of the people who did give feedback, it was mostly positive, especially from new players to the EPT. But the standout things that people didn't like were the change to the payouts and the 10 a.m. start times. And again, I do feel that Neil Johnson had communicated this, but I guess people didn't hear the message. This is unique to Barcelona. Neil always jokes about the fact that we have, quote, Barcelona problems because it's such a vast festival, because we get so many players. Yeah. You have to do stuff like... If you didn't start at 10 a.m., you're locking more people out of the tournament. Precisely. Which also doesn't go over very well. But people thought, oh, from now on, all EPT events are starting at 10 a.m. We're Not basically true. slaves. Not true. Noon is still the preferred start time, and that's going to be the case for Malta Prague and for Pokestars Championship events going forward. But again, the exception to the rule may be Barcelona, because you know there is no other venue in that city. It has to be the Casino Barcelona Arts Hotel combo We've reached capacity several seasons ago, and we're just trying to accommodate as many people as possible. So that is a thing that's unique to Barcelona. Don't worry about that being the norm for the EPT sure. or the Pokestars Championship going forward. And as far as the payouts are concerned, Neil Johnson published a blog about 24 hours ago saying, right, if the buy-in is 10k or more, if it's a high roller, 12 to 15% payout, as it was before. For all other events... 20% becomes the ceiling, which means that in reality, the payout will be 17 to 20% of the field. And the new min cash, whether it's 17% or 20%, will be around 1.5x of the buy-in. So there'll be no more of what's become known as the refund of shame. Where's your blogs now, huh? Let's, let's hear the blogs about... Good job, Neil Johnson. Thank oh, you're not going to write it? You're not going to write a thanks, Neil Johnson blog? Oh. Well, I, I'm, I'm not either. But thanks, Neil Johnson. And I think, again, you know, to defend our colleagues, they did make it clear that the only way that you can really get a sense of whether this works and whether players like it is to run it as an experiment and then get their feedback. Clearly, a lot of people didn't like it. They listened to their feedback They've changed it. And again, nothing is now set in stone. Continuous improvement. Feedback from every event. And that's how you build and make refine things and improve things. And that will continue to happen as we move into the new year and these new events. There's only one thing set in stone. Tournament director Toby Stone. I like it. He should use that as his slogan. Uh, so yes, WCOOP, because it is finally over. I know, Joe, you feel like it ended about a week ago, but it is we now We are now over. fast approaching the next WCOOP. It's like the fucking NHL hockey playoffs. It took forever. And before we get to the main event with our guest, Selena Lynn, let's talk about Daniel Negranu again. You had your social beef, social media beef with Daniel. Meanwhile, Daniel has been doing what he does best, playing poker tournaments and winning poker tournaments. Did he win a WCOOP? Negranu took down event number 71, the $2,100 horse championship, beating 
Isildur won. Heads up. Wow. Victor Blom versus Daniel Negreanu for the title, and it was real Kid Poker who was triumphant. That's fucking awesome. Like a real match of superstars. Yeah. Old I- and new and... Is Isildur a new star still? I don't know, but that's a pretty cool matchup. It is a pretty cool matchup. So congratulations to Daniel. He was one for one in W Coops. It was the first event he'd played Shit, of really? this series, and he took it down. What an asshole. And then, of course, the <laughs> festival concluded this weekend with the uh, $10 million guaranteed W Coop main event. It met the guarantee, just. And there was a Twitch stream last night of the final tables, the final nine played down to a winner. And I'm very pleased to say that we have one of the commentators from that stream with us right now on the podcast, making her debut on EPT Not Live. We welcome from Team Pokestars Pro, Selena Lynn. Hi, guys. Wow, you even get the applause. We even bring out the applause for Selena Lynn. It's, I, I, it's, it's real. It's a whole bunch yeah, of people there. Very happy Selena's here. So, Selena, originally, I believe you were meant to be partnered with Randy Lou, but you got a last-minute substitution. It was Kevin Martin calling the shots alongside you last night? Well, we actually started with Randy Lou for about two hours, and then he had to go off to the airport for TwitchCon. So then Kevin Martin subbed in for ah. about an hour and 30 minutes until he ditched me to go on a bro date. Wait, so you lost two co-hosts yep. over the course of the That's WCOOP main event final table? Yep, and then I end up doing the final hour and a half all by myself. So wait, he didn't even ditch you for a real date? It was for a bro date? Exactly, it was someone he just met literally like the day before because they moved uh, they moved their Twitch home to a new city and he's like, oh, I met this guy and we're going to go and do the <laughs> escape room. This is and awesome yeah. material, by the way, because we've got Kevin Martin on next week's podcast and we are so utilizing this information. I got to give him a little bit of credit, I guess, because it is hard to like go out on bro dates when you move to a new city. I just would imagine like he must have got himself a real hottie if he had to leave you behind in the middle of a broadcast. Well, he said that he just, um, well, I mean, this is funny. It actually came up because um, he was talking about him being rather average looking on the stream. And I kind of commented, I said to him, I said, oh, no, you're definitely above average. I, probably with your personality, I'll give you 8 out of 10. So he got really, really happy, totally flustered. And then he told me that he's single and he broke up with his girlfriend a month and a half ago. And then he ditches me for a bro day. So I was like, <laughs> all right, see what I said. <laughs> I think Selena's kind of got a history for doing this, though, because Selena and I did a WCOOP replay broadcast last year. And she kind of like hinted at the fact that she was single on the air and then off the air. I'm like, hey, so what's up with that? And she was like, bye now. Like it was just, <laughs> I, I think this is like a little on air trick that Selena likes to pull that she's like, you know, seems more available than she really is. But also, Joe, are you aware of the expression, your reputation precedes you? I don't have a reputation. The reputation is made up by me. Uh- I, you do have a reputation. Your reputation is that you like to swipe left and right a lot. <laughs> I do. I like. The, did you see the new iOS update that you don't swipe to open your phone anymore? Which is good because that part of my phone is almost worn out. The part where you swipe right. <laughs> it's just completely, <laughs> completely so, so, worn out. So, Selena, you were abandoned for the last 90 minutes of what was what? A five, six-hour final table? Uh, yes. It was probably around four players left um, when I started commentating by myself. I actually didn't realize how difficult it is actually to do it all by yourself. Yeah. And I was actually falling asleep because at that point I was probably up for about 24 hours. And my mind and my mouth just didn't connect together. Like I would see things and when I would try to say how many chips they had, you know, everything just went haywire. So I had to make myself a coffee. And as I was coming back like I was like kind of getting woken up a bit the stream actually went down we actually connected literally the last three seconds of the final hand <laughs> I sorry and then and then it was over and I was like what it's like it, we, not like this we literally got like trolled so hard it was ridiculous I mean calling a final table on your own is hard enough as it is but you were cards downright because this was a lie oh live. man Yes, yes. So, and you don't want to have dead airtime. You know, no. that's something that we're taught to do. So, you're just like, okay, I got to fill in the spaces. I got to, you know, talk. And then people are like actually asking me to think, like to talk out my thought process on what I think they had. And at that point, at that time, 
you know, at 10 a.m. in the morning, that was really, really difficult for me to do. And the guys were playing amazingly well. And the level of thinking was very high because obviously they've been, you know, playing each other back and forth a bit. And obviously if they've been playing the final two tables also, they have a lot of history as well. So that wasn't something I could really explain sure. too much in detail as well. And also at the same time, you don't want to influence their play if they're watching the stream as well. Of course. So just to recap, this started on Sunday. They came back for day two on Monday, played down to the final table. That final table then played out on Tuesday. Uh, nine players. And spoiler alert, it was a guy called JJ who won it for $1.5 million. Shit. And I think that headline is really important because how often, or I mean, I'd say it's a very small percentage of the time that we get to a situation in an event like the WCOOP main where it doesn't end in a chop. They played for it all. This guy won the advertised payout for first. That's pretty sick. But there were there were deal negotiations, right, Selena, which didn't come to anything? Well, they started negotiating. Um, they took two breaks. They negotiated, I think it was five players, and they're again at four players. But JJ both times wanted a little bit more money and they could not agree to the deal at the time. So the first time I think he wanted $45,000 more, they came up with twenty nine, and they said, okay, let's just play it out. So both times, um, you know, he just didn't get what he wanted and um, they were very stubborn. They were just like, you know, fine. All right. That's, that's Sorry, he, he wanted an extra 30K. They got to 29 and he said no. Oh, no, 45. He wanted oh, okay. extra 40. Yeah, oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was extra 15K from all three other three players, but two of them were only willing to give up 7K each. I mean, I have to be honest with you, when we do or when we get deal negotiations like an EPT final table now, I find it quite painful, but I love deal negotiations online. I don't know why. It's just the fact that it's the pauses and where you're just waiting for people to agree or waiting for that counter offer yeah. to appear in the chat box. It's just there's there's a drama about it that bizarrely you don't quite get when there's people standing around a poker table arguing with calculators in their hands. Right, it's just like that that countdown moment of like, what are the, what what words are going to pop up in that chat box? Selena, what would you have done in that situation? Do you, would you have taken the deal? Would you have given up the 15K? Oh, I would have said, let's just all put it for first and play for it. Wow. You're just <laughs> like, F that. We're just going to play for everything. Selena, what were... Go ahead. <laughs> The fear that you state in the other players where you say something like that, I think, you know, would, would, would be pretty funny. But obviously, you know, we're talking about a crap load of money. You know, if it, if it was like, you know, $50 buying, $100 buying, it's not a big deal. But at the stakes that we're playing at, you know, every little bit counts. And I think that for those players, you know, I think we were talking about money jumps of like 150, 200K at a time. And these are significant amounts of money. We're talking about like, you know, a house here, a house there kind of money, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm glad you used the phrase crap load because that's what would be in my pants if I was playing for that kind of money. For sure. And this guy who actually won it, I mean, he didn't come in as a big stack. And I think, wasn't he down to like less than 10 bigs at one point? I mean, the, your expression, chip in a chair, has never <laughs> been truer, Joe, in, with, with this guy. Is that what happened, Selena? Yeah, he actually had a big coin flip, which he lost very early on. And um, I... Think that is, I think that's um got him down to about two million in chips, and uh, when the final table started, the chip leader had thirty one million, you know, and uh, he picked up aces twice, doubled up both times, and just played exceptionally well to build his stack. And I think once he, um, you know, had the big stack, about four plays left, he never lost the chip lead. Then once once he got heads up, they were pretty even in chips, and then uh, until the chips swayed his way, he never gave up that chip lead once again. So being that you were alone and that you had been up for nearly 24 hours, did you miss any of the action? Like, did you like, cause I will oftentimes like look away for a second and be like, ah, oh, I think someone had aces. I think there might've been an all in there. Oh, the reality uh, is also when it's cards up, I mean, it's cards down, you're looking at it in real time and we know how fast the client plays. You can't yep. be focused on every hand. Right. Of course you're going to miss stuff. Yeah, um, I was actually filling Twitch chat on the background of the players. So somebody was like, hey, can you tell us a little bit about the players on the table? And I was pulling up my um, information. I was like reading from it and the third place finished. Like, like, I, just, like <laughs> yep. I, I looked up, there was only two players on the table playing heads up and everybody in the chat was laughing. They were like, oh my God, I can't believe she's still reading. She totally missed that hand, no idea what happened. Apparently, I think it was uh, King Jack shoved into pocket eights. So it was just one of those coin flip situations and we had our third place finish. 
Um, and yeah, it was it was just something I didn't I totally didn't catch. And uh, everybody in the chat that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, well, I think that you're sort of um, you can be credited with some of people's favorite Twitch WCube replay moments, like <laughs> the whole milk incident. Was that a WCube replay or was that you playing online? Um, I think that might have been playing online. The, the, the foot in the mouth with That's you, that, right. was the, that was the WQ replay. Um, I was actually picking horses with uh, Kevin as well. He actually picked JJ. I actually picked Gambler at the time. Um, he was playing exceptionally well. And uh, we were actually talking about uh, you know, drinking hot sauce. And he said that they didn't have hot sauce in their house. And I was like, okay, how about lemons? Uh, he said, how about lemons? I'm like, well, it has to hurt. So I think you have to squeeze the lemon in your eye. You lose. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing if he came back from his mandate and had like a big red eye. That would just be all sorts <laughs> yeah, of implication as to what happened there. <laughs> it was good because his horse was the one that actually won. So I would have to be the one to squeeze lemon in my eye. But you didn't have to make good because he bailed on you? Yes, exactly. So so I got away with that one. I got Selena good last year with my double reverse Princess Bride poison in yeah, the chalice. Really Honestly, yeah, a good poker player. If I can be completely honest, Selena, I just got really lucky because so the deal was that the, the tournament, we were watching a replay, right? Yeah. So the results were already out there. And so I bet on a guy and Selena's like, wait a second. The results are out there. Stapes probably has that information. And so she's sort of like, uh, what do they call it? Leveled herself. I yeah, was just taking I a. I was just taking a random guess. See, I had no idea who was Selena. When you've worked with Joe for as long as I had, you know he will not have done any research. There's no way he's looked up who <laughs> actually won this tournament. So I just got really lucky that she ended up like leveling. She picked the right guy and then changed her answer to the wrong guy. It was brilliant. I got lucky for once. Selena, what were some of your favorite moments of this W Coop? And also, what were some of your favorite moments that didn't involve Fedor Holtz? Well, everybody was asking if Fedor actually had played um, the tournament. Um, I actually don't think he did play the main event, but everybody's like, oh, yeah, nah, he, he, he's won it anyway, you know, even if he doesn't play. <laughs> exactly. Um, some of the players, um, actually, JJ was uh, trolled me as well. I think in the chat box, he's like, oh, uh, when they were talking about a deal, it was interesting. He actually said, oh, well, Doug Poke is my backup. And he doesn't agree to this deal right now. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting comment. Because we knew that Doug actually had amazing um, viewership on Twitch taking down the 10K for about $400,000. Yeah. And that's the biggest score ever. And, um, you know, when I saw that, you know, JJ was possibly backed by Doug, I was like, oh, you know, that's really interesting. But um, I think the most fun uh, play was probably around literally it was um, nobody has busted and it was just – there was a lot of players getting the chips in the middle. There were, you know, bad beats left, right, and center. And it was just kind of like spots where, um, you know, the guys were just doubling up. The guys were just folding. It was like really crazy to see that so much money was on the line and everybody was able to still play their game and nobody was afraid to get the chips in the middle. Um, heads up, there was one hand. I think the board came out 4-4, four, four, ace, ace, 8 um, I think the flush, there was a flush on the, on the river. Um, and I think that JJ ended up betting pretty much pot. He bet 7.5 million into 7.8 and, um, 0409 made a really good call with King high. Wow. Um, so two pairs with King high and that was really a very big pot. And that she swan the chips, um, you know, towards 0409. Uh, but then JJ picked up a couple of spots where he made two pairs against 0409 and got paid off on both of those spots. So, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's probably one of the most interesting hands we saw. Oh, that's a, that's really, you don't say that the guy who, who called down with King High ended up paying off two other big hands when he was up against two pair. Huh, funny how that yeah. works. Yeah, it's, it's all about timing, really. Like, sometimes you feel like you have the player all figured out, and then they will just change their play on you a little bit, and then you're just thrown off once again. So it's very mentality-wise, like, you're just always trying to, level you know each other to a point where um yeah i mean like this with good players there's very little edge to be had at times so they really have to be on their game selena where are you at right now um i'm in melbourne australia getting ready for the appt series here melbourne australia now your accent's kind of hard to pin down where are you from exactly 
I actually studied in Melbourne, Australia for about uh, 20 odd years. So, yeah. You've been studying for 20 years. You don't have your degree yet? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> okay, so I've been studying. I kind of started uh, with uh, primary school, high school, and then. Selena Van Wilder, I think, is what uh, who we're talking to here. Selena, if you weren't a poker player, what do you think you'd be doing instead? Like, if you actually had to finish school? Well, what I want to be, I think I would be a, I could be a good good spy. I think I would be a good really. Spy. I, I well, sure. I mean, you speak multiple languages. That's something. You certainly. Yeah, she's got the. She could be the femme fatale for sure. I could see Selena being like a Bond girl. I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm way behind this idea. I would announce it on a podcast, maybe. But other than that, I say go for it. I think it's a good double bluff because now no one will right. actually expect yes. her to be working for the intelligence service. And a poker player is a great cover. You're bouncing around all those countries in Australasia. I think that you've got. I think all the pieces are there. Yeah. Well, the problem I have is that I'm a little bit clumsy. It's like okay, so. This is, this is kind of what happens to me. So I actually got scratched by a monkey about <laughs> eight months ago. <laughs> sorry. I'm oh, sure I'm this sorry. is... We shouldn't be laughing. It's sure that it's is, not funny, but you oh, can't... Oh, man, that is so good. You can't start a story with, I got, got scratched, scratched by, by a monkey, monkey and expect people so not to just collapse. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so um, in Hong Kong, they've got this monkey mountain that, like, literally, it's, I think, somebody's pet monkey from many, many years ago. They monkey. <laughs> They, they left their home. They left their pet monkey behind. The pet, pet well, okay, the pet monkeys procreated, and now maybe there's like say a hundred monkeys living in that. Um, Hence, that monkey area. mountain. <laughs> yeah, and then they just like roam free. They roam around. Um, I'll, I'll make a post of a video that I, I shot um, when I was up at the mountain. So you can hear these like monkeys, right? They've got their baby monkeys with them, so forth. And then people go up and feed them fruits. So I was feeding the monkey an orange and he's like, oh, super friendly, comes up, walks up to me and just kind of like, just kind of like, you know, grabs it out of my hand, seems super, you know, tamed. And I was just curious. I was just like, oh, maybe I could pat the monkey. You know, I mean, maybe he's a wild monkey. So I was like, maybe I could pat the monkey. And he decided that he was going to scratch my arm. Um, and what does a monkey scratch feel like? I mean, how deep did he get? I'm going to guess uncomfortable. <laughs> huh? Did he draw blood? Uh, it, it broke the skin just a little bit. It wasn't oh, too bad. I hope you've had your shots. Yeah, what do you got to do after that? Yeah. You got to, like, yeah. get fucking airlifted to a hospital and get monkey vaccines? I mean, immediately we're all thinking of the movie Outbreak, right? Selena <laughs> immediately cl climbed a tree and started eating food that the other tourists were feeding. Well, I read up on it. It was like, it was like really, um, Google was my friend for like a week, literally. I read everything on rabies I could during that one week. And I was assured these monkeys were fine um, because they were like very much like uh, around tourist areas. And um, there was absolutely no case of rabies at all in Hong Kong. So I was like, okay, that should be all right. I would just be and like, then, I didn't um, wear condoms my entire life to get scratched by a fucking <laughs> monkey on Monkey Mountain. No, thank you. That's not how I'm going out. <laughs> yeah, so so that that was an experience. And then um, two weeks ago, I joined NPC just before I had to play a final table for like maybe an hour before I was making tea and the teapot was glass and the whole thing exploded Shit. on me and it was boiling water and oh my, my whole crotch area was burnt <laughs> and I had like, <laughs> I had first to second degree burns and that was not pleasant at all. I'm sorry to laugh at this, but these <laughs> stories are amazing. I can just imagine Selena right, on a date true. being like, I'd right? Selena on a date and just be like, I would really love to invite you in, but I, I burned my, my cooch with boiling hot water. I know it sounds made up. Glass teapot, what are you going to do? Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. No, see, the thing was, I got out of the shower. So the only thing I had on was no. like, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. So what happened was like, what retained the water was the only piece of material I was wearing, which made it just so much worse. If I was like totally naked, then it wouldn't have been so bad. So then I actually rocked up to PokerStars Macau, sat there, played out my final table with an ice bag on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess an actual burn is probably better than a burning sensation. Like at least the actual burn is guaranteed to heal one day or the rest of it. You're probably stuck with it for the rest of your life. Uh, Selena, this has been uh, incredible. Uh, thank you for sharing so much with us. You said that you're preparing for APPT right now. Are you excited for the Poker Stars Championship to come to Macau? James, we got to go to this Monkey Mountain. <laughs> I don't want to get scratched by a monkey. By the way, I can't remember who it was. It was one great comedy writer who was doing a seminar training people on writing comedy. And he said, never underestimate the comedy potential of a monkey. And he said that if you're ever stuck with a scene like how to get a laugh, he goes, just throw in a monkey. That's fucking so such terrible, but somehow accurate advice. So yeah, Macau, Macau. you excited for us all the, for the gang to show up there? Yeah, Macau's great. I'm so happy. You guys actually are so definitely coming down. Not 100% confirmed. We don't know okay. what we're going to be doing next year yet. I'm just operating under the assumption that I'm going to get sent to all these cool stops that I want to go to. That's all. So for now, I'm going to Macau in my mind. Yeah, Macau's awesome. I mean, the May event itself is huge buying. It's like 14,000 US dollars. It's like bigger than the World Series, you know. Um, in terms of number of players, you know, we usually expect somewhere between 300 to 400. And there is also so many buyings um, leading up to it. And um, I was actually lucky enough to be the first female to actually won a spadey. But yet nobody has won two yet. So I think everybody's chasing that. Uh, Sonny almost did it in the May event. He actually won the May event spadey. Then he came second in the following year. Um, you know, for the spadey as well. But so far, so nobody has won it twice. I mean, I think it's pretty funny that we sort of, James, feel like the redheaded stepchild in the poker world because everyone focuses on American poker. And we're like, what's, but Europe is a thing too. Asia's another thing. And we treat them like that. What is this fucking spadey? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there was a competition and uh, we got to name, like there was a winner for the naming the, the trophy. Um, event. So they actually got a ticket to come out to Macau to play, I think, one of the, I think it's called the 5 million guarantee Spady tournament. So it's a really, really nice trophy. That's not the Spade, but we call it a Spady. Well, my Spady sense is tingling. I cannot wait to, uh, <laughs> to go Go possibly hand out a spadey in Macau. Uh, Selena, being that you are accident prone, I figured... Uh, you must have seen a doctor or two recently, yeah? Um, no, I actually got a bunch of aloe vera gel. And um, I mean, like my sister. No, she no, no, no. Do this more slowly. Tell us. <laughs> James, shut up for a second. Just shut up. Okay, now tell me more about the aloe vera gel. <laughs> so there's these uh, aloe vera gel from Korea. And they're 99% aloe. And for burns, they're exceptionally good. So what you do is you lather on a bunch of aloe vera gel. And you let it cool down. You do this like five, six times a day. And it helps with burns a lot. And it's totally healed me. Uh, my skin's back to pretty much normal. There's very minimal scarring. I think it would just disappear after about a month or two. And um, my sister showed me it was somewhere between a first degree and a second degree burn. And it wasn't any more severe than that. So she said, it's okay. You don't really have to go to the doctor. The problem was the area itself was tender and it was mm-hmm. very big. That's kind of like the problem. That was what I was worried about more than anything. Big and tender. That's what I'm going to start calling <laughs> Selena Lynn. Look, Selena, I recently, I, I thought that you would have seen a doctor about this. Here in the West, we go to doctors for this sort of thing. We don't have magical sisters to give us healing salves to put on our hoo-hahs. I've had to pick a doctor recently, and uh, I was hoping you could play a little game. It's called Help Stapes Find a Doctor. Now, uh, in America, so what happens, Selena, is I screwed up a doctor's appointment and I was too embarrassed to uh, call the doctor back, so I just changed doctors. But while I was on the website, the doctors on the website have the most ridiculous sounding names, and that's all I have to go on, <laughs> is their name and their distance from my apartment. And so, Selena, I've got a bunch of names here. Some are real, some I've made up. You have to tell me which doctor's name is really on my healthcare website or which one I've made up. Are you ready? All right, ready. Here we go. Let's get my dings and buzzes ready. Dr. Asa Weinberg. Asa. Real. Real. Correct. Next doctor. Dr. Simon Simonian. Fake. Fake is incorrect. Also real. <laughs> what? Next doctor up. Thick 
G Chow. Real. Real is correct. She's two and one. Next one up. Edgar Medic Ani. Real. Real is correct. Three one. How about John Paul Mackenzie the third? I don't get that joke. Not really a joke, just a weird name. Oh, is it? Uh, real? Real's correct. <laughs> Couple more here. Ivanhoe. Fake. Ivanhoe is real. No. No Doctor way. I Dr. Ivanhoe. Like, I smashed them together, but... Uh, here we go. How about this guy? Speaking of spady senses, Peter Parker. Real. Real is correct. What's she at right now? Six and one. Six and one. Okay, here we go. We'll just do one last one. Uh, let's go with... That might have been all the funny ones. Let's just call it there. All those are real doctors in the Los Angeles area. Which one do you think I should pick, Selena? Um... I'm going with Simon. Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe. Yeah, let's go with... All right. Ivanhoe it is, everybody. Selena Lynn helped me choose a doctor. Selena, thanks very much for being on the show. We appreciate it. And hopefully, I see you with a fully functioning everything in Macau. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I'd burn myself again before that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get the fuck off the line. Get out of here. Well, I, I don't think I've ever heard someone say they would risk bodily harm <laughs> just to be incapable. I am surprised that she is the first. Uh, so yeah, not, can't say yet whether we'll be in Macau, but I can confirm, Joe, that we will be in Malta at the end of October. And obviously we'd love as many of our listeners and EPT Live viewers to be there as well. And the great thing is, coming back are the Spin and Go qualifiers for the European Poker Tour, and they kick off next week from the... Utterly threw me. Got him. Got him. From the 3rd to the 10th of October, your chance to turn 10 euros into an EPT Malta package worth 7,500 euros. Because obviously there's the buy into the main event, plus expenses, plus your hotel money. So yeah, running for one week only, the 3rd to the 10th of October, special EPT Malta edition spin and goes, win the trip of a lifetime in minutes. And hopefully we will see you winning that ticket, winning that spin and go, and joining us at the Portomasso Casino from the 18th to the 29th of October for the second leg of Season 13 of the European Poker Tour. Spin and go qualifiers on the EPT is like my favorite new thing that was added probably since I joined the tour. I love the qualifiers that we get. We have that guy Umarov, right? He made the, the final the table. Final. Yep. We had uh, that Scottish lady. Just some really awesome, real people. Real human beings. I love it. I'm excited for more real human beings in Malta. Yeah, and of course, we're going to be streaming from Malta. We're going to have the final table of the 25k high roller, the final table of the IPT high roller, followed by five days of main event coverage, concluding with cards up action from the final table at pokerstars.tv. But in the meantime, give those qualifiers a go. And in the meantime, we are going to... Oh, no, we can't because he's American. Oh, never mind. But there is a Chop Pot t-shirt on the line in this week's quiz. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So we've brought Joe Stapleton from California to London. <laughs> but we're going back to California yes. for this week's Superfan contest as we say hello to Robert Adams. Hello. Now, Robert actually fulfills the most important criteria for Superfan for me, which is that You mean he, he's a Stapes stalker? He's a, he's a Stapes superfan. <laughs> I don't like to say stalker to someone who routinely knows where I am in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, Robert's a crazy supportive dude, always comes out to my stand-up shows, and I know I can trust him because he recorded a few of them, and I was like, hey, man, it's all good, but those can't go up online. And he was like, nope never go online and I haven't seen him online so I do trust Robert 
And with, earning your trust is a big thing. It is a big thing. Now, Robert, what is your degree as a poker fan? Because I meet fans a lot, and they're always like, "We, I love poker, but I never know. Do, are you a regular EPT live viewer, or do you just watch the TV shows? Where, uh, where, what, How do you consume your poker? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I stream Poker Central a lot that you can only get in Nevada, so I stream it online. Uh I watch, man, I've been watching the EPT live for, for years now. I think I started around season six or seven. Uh, and then in EPT 10, I won a card protector from you guys. And I <laughs> use that on a regular basis. It's actually extremely lucky. I've had a lot of good sessions with that card protector. And I listen to the podcast as much as I can. I've probably heard a total of 10 episodes of, of this. Which constitutes so, yeah. about 15% of the total that's we'll allow it. But the good news is, is that he's managed to stay up till two o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, so no, that we that, can come on the show, which which puts him toward the front of the list. That is very true. Yeah. The c- crucial thing is, I recognize your Twitter handle, Based Turkey with a dollar sign for the S. What's the origins yep. of that? Uh, just because this whole I seen it was really popular. All these people had these screen names like Base Jesus, like these rappers, and uh, Base God. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, what do you actually base? You you base a turkey, so I'm gonna have that base turkey right there." I based many more things. Um, it's a masturbation joke. Don't worry, it's fine. Now, Robert, you do uh, you work in IT, right? On the CBS lot, is that where you do most of your uh, stuff? I do, yeah. That's my main contract, CBS. I also contract work to a Universal and Paramount, but yeah. I think it's amazing that you could potentially be doing IT work on an actual show like The Big Bang Theory, where they all pretend to be computer nerds, and you're actually there doing it. Yeah, I'm behind the scenes protecting the data, pretty much. Uh, it's exposed. Everything's shot digitally now, so the... The path of digital recordings to databases, it's its highly exposed, and that's what a lot of hackers wow. are at. Oh, tell me about it. We deal, we, we deal with it on a daily basis in this building, trust me. So you're saying that like you, you keep people from like like the Sony hack type of deal, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. It's essence. not just that. It's also making sure that some dingus doesn't press the delete button. Also that, yeah, they've asked me for a data recovery a few different times. Like, yeah. we just don't know what happened to this data. Can you find it? And, uh, yeah. I wish they had happen. lost the entire movie for X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> I haven't oh, seen it I'm yet. I'm just kidding. I haven't seen it either. I okay. just haven't heard. Not- What's, like, the biggest fuck-up that you've had to cover up while working in IT? Like, the biggest, like, idiot move that someone else had done that somehow became your problem? Oh, man. Uh, It's kind of insignificant compared to my fuck-ups. I think I have more epic ones. Uh, (laughs) At least you can cover up your own. People doing what I'm doing just fail and let kind of uh, hackers inside databases take whatever they want. And then, like, days later, they're like, I think we've been compromised. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to, like, this is what we're here on set to do. (laughs) You know? It it doesn't help if a few days down the line you're like, oh, yeah, by the way... uh, they were in there. Uh, for me, though, I've I've accidentally deleted very significant data for for a studio, and <laughs> they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars apparently on that footage, and it was my fault that it got. Oh, it. Man, so basically, if you're awesome. wondering why they had to order reshoots for Star Wars Rogue One, it's not because the <laughs> test audiences didn't like the original cut. It's not because Disney were concerned it was too dark. It's because Robert lost some media. Or if that, uh, that shootout in Deadpool that was supposed to happen and Ryan Reynolds just turns to the camera and says, thanks a lot, based turkey. Uh, that Deadpool's in the ballpark, but yeah, it, it's not far from oh. something like that. All right, don't say too much more. We like you. We don't want you to get fired. Okay, I've got some questions in a sealed envelope here because, Robert, you said that you are a fan of vintage video games um basically we've refined it and what we've gone with is original nintendo because you might remember a while back we had a super fan whose specialist subject was snes super nintendo so this is going slightly more old school this is classic nintendo awesome sounds good you know the day i got my classic nes what was it called just the nintendo entertainment system was 
I still rank it in the happiest days of my life. Like, I can't remember freaking out over a Christmas present as much as that. Oh, bless you, Joe. Um, I'm right with you. For me, it was the N64. That's why I picked this topic. It's something so part of our childhood that I figured it's a good one. It's just about the only thing I can remember at this point are things that happened in my childhood. Okay, let's get the game started, Joseph. Superfan versus Stapes. And I'm going to allow Mr. Stapleton to go first. Joe, when was the original Nintendo system released in Japan? And I've got multiple choice options for you here. Was it May 1981, June 1982, July 1983, or August 1984? You'd be fucking kidding me. I would have guessed years past all of those if I didn't have multiple choice. I guess I'll just have to pick the latest date, which is probably wrong. 1984. Incorrect. It was actually July 1983. So it came out in 83. I got it in like 87 or 80. I got it five years after it came out in Japan. I mean, this system was going for a long time, for many years. You think now about the lifespan of a video game console. It'd be over by then. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, Robert, your first question. And again, it's multiple choice. Uh, Which wrestler was not an option in the 1986 game Pro Wrestling? Was it King Slender, Great Puma... Fighter Hayabusa or the Amazon? Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Like, what were the first two? King Slender, Great Puma, and then Fighter Hayabusa and the Amazon. I know it doesn't count for me, but if Robert doesn't get it right, I want to take a crack at it just for laughs. Sure. Because I think I know this one. Oh, man. I'm just going to guess uh, B. Great Puma is correct. You're on the board. So I had, uh, when I was growing up, my parents, even though I got a Nintendo super late to the game, they also didn't believe in buying a lot of games. So I used to buy these Nintendo books and just read about the games. And that game I, like, studied, like, top to bottom. Like, really? Re- yeah, read about every character. Yeah. Well, we're learning so much about your it twisted, really, tortured youth really right pathetic. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you're uh, wondering about the genesis of these questions, of course, when anything is video game related, there's always one man we go to. Alan in the office, because Matt Broughton's been twitching for three weeks and was indisposed. Uh, your second question, Joe. The drugs question... have almost completely left Matt's system. He'll be done twitching in a couple days. <laughs> question three. Which Greek mythology-themed game featured the lead character... Kinecarus! Correct, and you're on the board. That Ooh. one I did have. I could never get past, like, the first five minutes, though. Does anyone know how you get past the first five minutes in Kid Icarus? God damn it. Robert, this is a pretty easy question, I think, because I probably would get it right. Therefore, I know it must be relatively simple. Name the biggest-selling NES game of all time. NES game. Super Mario. Correct. The score is 2-1. Joe, Mario first appeared in the arcade game Donkey Kong under which name? Uh, the plumber. Incorrect. Robert, do you want to try and steal for a bonus point? Yeah, absolutely. Can you repeat it, though? Yeah, sure. Mario first appeared in the arcade game Donkey Kong, but under a different name. What name? Oh, no multiple choice? No multiple choice. Nice try. Fuck. God, I should know this, too. I don't know. The answer was Jump Man. Jump Man! Oh, man. I, we definitely should have known that. Still 2 1 to the superfan, and Robert, it's your question. Which of the following Arnie movies did not become a Nintendo game? Total Recall, The Running Man, Last Action Hero, or Terminator 2? That Running Man one? Correct. Yeah. Total Recall I had. There was the cool part where you'd run through the x-ray machine. Yeah, Terminator 2 was super fun. Last action here, I don't think I ever played. Well, Joe, your question is, which of the following scary movies did not become a Nintendo game? Jaws, Friday the 13th, Halloween, or Nightmare on Elm Street? Jaws, I had it. I beat it finally. It was one of the, it was like one of the only games I ever beat from Nintendo. Friday the 13th was fucking impossible. And if Jason ever made an appearance, you're just dead straight up. What were the other two choices? Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street was very similar to Friday the 13th. Halloween was never a video game. Correct. And you score a point. The score is 3-2. Robert, how many installments of the game Mega Man did Nintendo ultimately offer? 
Just just on Nintendo? Just on the okay. original NES system. Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go with five. Joe? Six. Correct. Oh man. We have what's, a, the, what's the score? Three to three? We're tied as we go into the final round, and it's a coin flip round. Joe, true or false? You got this, buddy. I'm fucking terrible at coin flips. True or false? There was a Nintendo game based on the 60s TV series Gilligan's Island. False. Incorrect. There was... Robert, <laughs> true or false? There was a McDonald's-themed game called MC Kids. This sounds so ridiculous. Was there? Ah, it sounds so ridiculous it could be true. Yeah, I'm gonna say true. It was true! That one I knew. <laughs> it actually existed, meaning we have a final score of four to three in favor of our super fan. Well done, Robert! Good yeah, job, Robert. Well done. So, Robert, you know the deal. Um, because you're based in the United States of America and therefore don't have a real money PokerStars account, we can't give you a step C ticket. We can, however, ship you an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt and we'll offer you the same deal that we offered Freddy last week. If you watch EPT Live from Malta, we'll tell you what swag we have available and you can pick out a prize. You got it. And I'll be watching. All right, Robert. Octo uh, November 12th, Lotus Lounge. You know they the place. I'll be there. We, honestly, the disrespect from the poker community, how we have not seen Daniel Negreanu at the uh, Lotus Lounge, <laughs> and we should see more people there. Daniel's actually been super supportive in the past and has actually come out to a live show before, and I'm sure if he was in L.A., he would come out to Lotus Lounge. But, hey, maybe hey, maybe that'll be your replacement of the Step C ticket. I'll get Daniel to come out to, uh, to Lotus Lounge and... Come, come by, everybody. Drink for the night. Robert, I appreciate you very much. Thanks for coming on the show. I'll see you soon, buddy. You got it. See you guys. All right, guys. That is all the time we've got for this week's show. Next time, I will be in Amsterdam, and it will be my birthday. Oh, wait. I should have had this ready. Happy birthday. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you will. 43, right? Uh, 43 years old. Absolutely. Wow. Oof, boy. It's not the years. It's the mileage. All right. I will be in Amsterdam. We're going to have Kevin Martin on the show. We'll hear all about his mandate. <laughs> I have to come up with a mandate quiz for Kevin. Let's remember that. And we the, the, the oops aren't over. And I'm not just talking about Selena Lynn spilling hot water all over her. I'm talking about the W Coop is over, but there's a new oop, a new oh, coop. The NJ Coop. Everyone's flocking to New Jersey to play that. That is, I mean, flocking to New Jersey is <laughs> just, that's how good online poker is. If it can actually bring people to the state of New Jersey. Well, I think it's a big month for New Jersey because let's be clear. We've got this online festival and then you've got the Poker Stars Festival at resorts in Atlantic City. And this will be... The first PokerStars live event in the United States of America since March 2011. So five and a half years. There's a lot of expectation, a lot of excitement about this one. And people are getting there early before the festival so they can play NJ Coop. It's fantastic. So we'll get into a little bit more detail about NJ Coop next time. That's it, guys. The next time you speak to me, I will be speak to me or hear from me, whatever. Uh, hopefully you talk back at your computers or iPods or whatever you're listening to this on. Anyway, the next time I will be one year older, sort of-ish. You get my drift. That's it, guys. That's all the time we got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. I smell you later. My, intro my outros need work. See? Yep, I'll do. Okay, bye. <laughs>